Welcome to the Tea Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Brianna Dean and I'm your host. Hi everyone. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Caitlin Carson and she is here today to share a little bit about her story and her book. Her her book is called I Loved You at Your Darkest. Uh, Caitlin, would you please introduce yourself a little bit to the audience so they can know who you are? And Absolutely. Um, Hi, my name is Caitlin Carson. Um, I am a mother of two. Uh, My son is four and my daughter is six. I am, I have been married for 11 years. Uh, My husband is an army veteran. Um, We were stationed in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Uh, He is now an armed security uh, officer for the local nuke plant, and he is also a paid fireman. So a little bit about your book. I just want you to share what prompted you to write your book and tell us a little bit about what the book is about. Uh, So my book is a faith-based memoir. Um, but it didn't start that way. Uh, it originally, I originally just wanted to write everything down for my children. My mother's life was, um, full of a lot of secrets and I really didn't know who she was growing up. I didn't know anything about who she was before she became my mom. Um, and I didn't want that for my kids. So I started by writing everything down. Um, and I wanted to make sure that my kids knew that I wasn't just, you know, boring old mom and that I, that I've been through some, some things in life as we all have. And, um, it ended up, uh, taking me two years and two months to complete it, but it ended up being so much more than just a story for my kids. Um, I felt, I felt like, um, God was telling me to go bigger. Um, it, it could, it, that it could be, uh, helpful to more than just my kids and more than just my family. So I ended up publishing a book and it also contains 13 additional faith-based stories on salvation, um, in between each of my chapters. Um, but the majority of my book, um, basically covers my childhood growing up, uh, as the child of a mom who struggled with alcohol and substance use. So tell me a little bit about your childhood. Did you have other siblings? I do. I have uh, two brothers. One's a half brother, but they're both older than me. Um, My oldest brother, he moved out when I was about six. So we really didn't grow up together. Um, My second brother is about seven years older than me. So we kind of grew up together. Um, my dad has always been in the picture. My dad has been my rock and, um, hmm. were your parents together when you were growing up? Yes. Sorry. Um, my parents have, my parents were married for over 30 years. Um, they stayed married through uh, an incredibly rough marriage. Um, my father kept his vows until the day my mother died. Uh, my father has been nothing but a very 
very loving and supportive man to everyone in his life. So how did your book become kind of like a faith-based type book besides just sharing your story? Why was it important for you to do that? Um, well, uh, my faith is, is the core of who I am. Um, I was saved at the age of 16, but I really didn't, I didn't have any guidance, um, to keep me there to help me grow in my faith. So I, I believed and I had, I had trusted and everything, but I, I just didn't know how to walk that walk. Um, but after, um, after I got married in 2012, my mother-in-law, um, she has always been deep rooted in her faith and she has really been, um, a guiding force for me. Um, so over the years we have grown from so much more than just, you know, a, a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law, we have grown into quite great friends. Um, and she's, she's definitely a backbone for, for our entire family, but me specifically in my faith. So, um, and just in the last, in the last three or four years, um, I really, I took that turn and I, I grew so much deeper into my faith. And, and like I said, it's, it's the core of, of who I am at this point in my life. And I guess I wanted to, um, really wanted to focus on how you can go from one type of life to the complete opposite. Um, with just a little bit of guidance. That's, that's, that's basically what I did. I, I was, I was a very desperate child um, who was always searching for a mother. Uh, I mean, I had a mother, but she was, I, I loved her. I, I loved her more than anything, but, but she was lacking in a, a lot of the departments that a child needs. Um, she wasn't there a lot of the time. So I was, I was looking for her in places that I probably shouldn't have looked for. Her. And, um, as a, as a teenager, I found myself very, very close to ending up on the same path as my mom. Um, and by the grace of God, I was, I was pulled out of it. And that's, that's something that I really wanted to focus on was that you can pull yourself out of it and you don't have to make the same decisions or mistakes that you've learned. So at what age did you notice that something was wrong with your mom's situation and the things that she was struggling with? Uh, probably at a pretty young age. Um, I, I probably around the age of five or six. Um, I knew that I'm young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we lived with her and it, it was very hard for her to keep things a secret because she would leave. Um, she would disappear and, you know, we would ask, where'd she go? Where's mom? Uh, and, and my dad would, my dad has always been very honest with us. And that is something that I wholeheartedly appreciate as a parent because I didn't have to ask why I didn't, I mean, I did ask why, but as an adult, I don't have to look back and say my whole life was a secret. You know, it wasn't, my parents shared everything with me, um, at an age appropriate level, you know, they weren't telling me the crazy yeah. things when I was five, but uh, my dad would explain, you know, mom's made some bad choices. You know, she's, she's leaving, but 
she'll come back. And she did. My mother always, always came back. We didn't know when. Um, we didn't know in what state or condition or where we would find her. But she always came back. And something that she always told me um, was that I was the reason she came home. Oh, wow. That makes me want to cry. <laughs> Sorry. How, how did, no, it's okay. How did you feel whenever your mother would leave? Did you ever doubt that she would come back? Yeah, of course. Um, and honestly, I think that was a lot of that was seeing how worried my father was. Um, you know, there were several times where he would, he would, um, have to go look for her, you know, three, four days would pass and he had no idea if she was going to come home. He had no idea if she was dead in a ditch somewhere, um, or if she had just chosen not to come back, but he would very often go looking for her and, and, um, I guess he just, the worry on his face kind of told us, you know, Hey, maybe we should be a little worried, you know, kids pick up on that. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there was, there was one, one story that I, that I mentioned in my book, um, where my mom had disappeared and she had been gone for three or four days. And I think I was probably, can't remember exactly. I think I was between the age of eight and 10, um, probably around 10. And my dad didn't know where she was, but he knew what town she was probably in. Um, and one day he just, he just couldn't take it anymore. He said, I have to find her. I have to find her. Um, and unfortunately at that time, you know, there was no one, uh, there was no place that I could go, um, so that he could, you know, leave me at home or whatever and, and go find her. So I actually went with him once and, um, it was probably one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. Um, and even though, even though to this day, it really, it chokes me up, um, I don't blame my dad for it at all. He had to find her. I mean, if that was my husband and I had no choice, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't say that I wouldn't have taken my kids if I had no choice, you know? Um, but anyway, the, the story is, uh, we were driving around, um, in the less great parts of the town and, um, he found her. We found her walking down the road um, and she was very intoxicated. Um, she had a, a bottle of vodka in her hand. And she, I remember her just for a long time as a teenager, I thought this was funny. And, you know, but um, I remember her saying, what's the problem? Everyone's just going to think it's water, you know? Um, so she was, she was so far gone and in a delusional state, but um so we had tried to get her to come back into the into the vehicle with us and my father my father picked her up because she was fighting um so he he picked her up and had opened the door and i had scooched it was it was a single cab truck so i had scooched over into the into the center seat so that you know he could put my mom in the car with us the truck with us and i just i very very vividly remember her 
kicking and screaming and she she bit him several times and as a 10 year old daughter 10 year old little girl i just i looked at her and i i didn't understand i just kept i just started crying because i just thought why doesn't mommy want to come home with us where you know where what did i do wrong why doesn't my mom want to come home with me um so that was that was a, a big turning point for me as a kid. Um, and it's still, obviously it makes me, it chokes me up today, but um, it was a, a, I think an important piece as an adult to look back on. It was, it was very important for me. And I think it's um, definitely put the passion in my heart. If, if nothing else did growing up with, you know, those experiences, um, remembering that definitely put me on the path um, that I'm in today, um, because I didn't mention this before, but I am, I'm in my last semester for an associates, um, as an addictions counselor and, um, very close to being a certified alcohol substance abuse counselor and plans to keep going. So that's amazing. That's Thank amazing. You. So why do you think your dad stuck around through all that? My dad is loyal to the core. Um, if you ask him, he'll tell you he was stupid. Um, <laughs> but I think it's so much more than that. I think it is, you know, he wasn't willing to give up. My mom was a person and he loved her. We all loved her. She was so much more than, you know, her struggles and her demons. And yeah, he saw that. We saw that. Anyone who's close enough to the situation, um, who loves someone who struggles with addiction is, you know, you can, you can see that. And, man, he loved her and he just wasn't willing to give up on her. That's, that's what it comes down to. He loved her so much that he put up with more than any person <laughs> that I know has ever put up with in a marriage. Um, it was for us. It was for him. It was for her. It wasn't, he didn't, he didn't run. That's yeah. my, my dad's, I'm sorry. My dad is my rock. He's, his actions are more than commendable to me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, um, was your dad like, um, is, was he a Christian or anything like that? Or where did you get your faith from? Um, that's a great you question. Said when you were 16, that's pretty young. Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, um, one of the times that my mom went to rehab, um, my dad had been an over the road trucker for a very long time and he worked very hard to make sure that, um, you know, we had a roof over our head at all times, food on the table at all times. Um, he sacrificed his time with us, um, you know, to make sure that we were safe. So, um, growing up, neither of my parents were Christian, um, but I went to go live with my grandparents for about a year, I think, uh, while my mom was in rehab and my grandparents were always very strong rooted in their faith. Yeah. I went was to church. Your, your mom? My mom. Okay. Yep. My mom's parents. Um, so I went to church with them, um, every Sunday that I lived there. When I came back, um, 
I guess when I came back, I just continued to go to the local church because I was bored, honestly. Um, so I knew a little bit, but really didn't know more than just the the traditional Sunday school stories, you know, Noah's Ark and um, Daniel and the lion's den and things like that. Um, but I, when I was 16, I went to a concert called Kingdom Bound. And um, it was just, it was like a three-day uh, festival uh, at a local theme park. Uh, they had multiple Christian bands playing for three days. And my best friend down the street, um, I, I honestly, they never went to church. Um, so I really don't know if they were Christian, but they certainly listened to Christian music. So there was some sort of, uh, you know, base there. So we went and we went and saw a couple of our uh, our well-known bands that we listened to growing up and something that uh, one of the motivational speakers said shook me to my core. And to be honest, I can't even tell you what he said because I don't <laughs> remember it. I just remember everything that I felt. And for me, it was it was like every emotion that I had shoved down into, into the pit of my stomach had just bubbled up and it just exploded out of my eyes. <laughs> I was, I just cried and cried and I felt heard and I felt seen. And from that point on, it was, you know, there was no question. I, I, I knew, I knew that there was something, something out there that understood me, some, something out there that knew every inch of me still loved me and and told me that I could do so much more um that motivational speaker was actually um Joe Rojas from uh Seventh Day Slumber the lead singer yeah uh, after after that that whole scene well it was like a movie honestly um I started crying I felt everything just lift and then out of nowhere, it started downpouring. Um, and Joe had invited anyone who hadn't accepted Christ into their hearts to come up to the stage and do it now. And I think there was probably five or six other people, but I have no idea because I was so, I was on a one-track mind. I was so focused, hyper-focused on everything that I felt. And next thing I know, I am on my knees in front of that stage with a row of people in the pouring rain at Darien Lake, accepting Christ. Um, so that, that was my moment. I don't know where it came from, but it doesn't matter. Um, and, and since then it has been quite a roller coaster. Yeah. That's amazing. So tell everybody a little bit about where they can find your book because I definitely want to read it. I want to know more, but I know you don't want to share everything here. <laughs> so uh -huh. tell everybody where they can grab it so they can read it too. Yep, absolutely. So it's called, I loved you at your darkest, the memoir of a Christian. Um, you may need to type in my, my name as well, Caitlin Carson. Um, but it is available on Amazon in Kindle unlimited, uh, regular Kindle <laughs> and paperback copy. 
Thank you so much, Caitlin. Thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey. And I know that this is hard, but you have overcome so much already. And I'm so proud of you for where you're at in your life and for where you're at and you're about to finish your bachelor's. Is that correct? Uh, no associates. Oh, oh, associate. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. But did, you did say that you wanted to go and get your master's, right? Yes. Um, I'm, so, I'm actually, I'm all set up for my bachelor's next semester to start. And my end goal is a master's in clinical counseling. So I just wanted to say, keep going. And, you know, your past is not who you are. Right. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you can get matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash tunfiltered. That's betterhelp.com slash tunfiltered. Wow. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for sharing a little bit about yourself with us. And I cannot wait to read your book. I know our listeners cannot wait to read it as well. I'll make sure to drop a link in the show notes that y'all can find her. Everyone have a great day. Thank you. Goodbye.